man, I'm pumped up. I, I feel like the Lord's getting ready to do some great stuff. Well, he's already doing it. Um, we are seeing, uh, we're seeing the Lord do some incredible things um, in the world in preparation for, um, well, in preparation for the coming of uh, the return of the Lord Jesus. So uh, chapter, chapter 4 of the book of Luke, we're going to look at uh, the verses that we've been looking at before, and um, I'm going to point a couple things out here. Uh, chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, any glory to God. Well, you know, um, y'all know what happened before this. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Y'all knew that, right? So let me tell you, let me, let me share a little secret with you. Sometimes when you follow the Holy Ghost, he's going to lead you to places that you think are difficult. <laughs> some people there, you know, some people, uh, I know a person that avoids going and seeing their parents because they say, y'all get me in the flesh, so I got to stay in the spirit, so I'm staying away from you. You know, that's, that, that sounds like wisdom, but that's really kind of dumb. What, what you ought to be doing is you ought to be learning how to get in the spirit while you're with your parents. <laughs> Instead of just avoiding your parents. You know, the Bible does say something about parents, and it doesn't matter what age you are. It says, honor your father and mother. If you'll do that, you'll be blessed with a long life. Amen. So you know what that means? That Now some people say, well, they honored me. That's not what it says. It don't say, honor the parents that honor you. Honor the parents of the beginning. Listen, I know. Don't look at me that way. It's kind of like, kind of like husbands and wives. The thing I say there, you know, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. It don't say nothing about finding a good wife being a good thing. If you find a wife, if you find someone that'll put up with you, you found a good thing. And you say, well, she's not a very good wife. Well, you can fix that by the word of God, kind of like with tithing and offering giving. You can fix that with the word of God. You can start claiming the word of God. But now you should have figured that out before you got married. But if you found out after you got married she wasn't a good wife, you can fix that with the word of God. So honoring your father and mother, you say, well, my mother was abusive. That doesn't change the fact she pushed you out of her body. Well, she didn't want me. Yeah, but she still pushed you out. Well, she considered aborting me, but you, you got pushed out. And so, are y'all understand? So I'm not, I'm not saying you've got to be okay with everything that happened. You were abused and, and whatnot, that you got to be okay with everything that happened. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that there's a place of honor for the people that, that gave you life. And so you, you just honor them. If all you can honor them for is for the fact that they gave you life, honor your father and mother. You know, people that you honor, if you have the opportunity to see him. I know, listen, I know I'm saying some hard stuff. Because there's some people that are like, I don't want to see my mama. I don't want to see my daddy. Listen, if they're around, you ought to, even if, even if you have to endure some uh, suffering. Yeah, I mean, that's what the... the the trying of your faith worketh patience. And there, there, is, there is a working of your faith in that. And so we've got, to, we've got to learn that no matter what the condition, no matter what the circumstances we're facing, that we allow God to build character in us. Now, if, if they're going to take and slap you upside the head or beat you with a baseball bat, stay away from them. But if, you're, if you're, your life is safe, I mean, if, you're, if you're not in danger of death, and, and you know, some, some of us laugh. I just got, I just... Uh, I did a funeral yesterday for a f friend that passed that I grew up with, and um, I, I, I was thinking about it last night, that many of my friends that lived in my neighborhood, were, there, were, there was a lot of abuse that was going on. They were, they were being beaten up by parents and by family members, and, and uh, not just one of them, but several of them, and I was I just thinking about that and how, um, uh, I, what, what I would witness as a kid I've never seen so many dysfunctional people on the same, living on the same street. Maybe that's why we were so close uh, during that time. And uh, one of my friends, David Owen, I hadn't seen him since we were teenagers, and I moved away. But uh, he said, you know, I watch Stranger Things, and it reminds me of our neighborhood. I was like, you know, you're right. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of strange things going on in our neighborhood. But uh, <laughs> it was definitely upside down uh, around there. But... Uh, 
but there was a closeness that came. And so, you know, you have to, you do have to be careful. You don't put yourself in, in danger. But honoring your parents comes with a, a promise. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't honor your father and mother, you're going to die early. That's all there is to it. I know I've just made y'all super happy. But <laughs> some, of, some of us are just, some of us feel like we just got past some things, you know. But you, you can get past those things and still, you know, honor, honor people and, and, uh, and whatnot. So anyway, so let's read. Jesus, uh, Jesus was full, full of spirit. Verse 1, uh, he returned from Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness, um, being 40 days tempted of the devil. So the spirit of God led him into the wilderness to be tempted. Imagine that. Being led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Nobody wants to. I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I don't particularly enjoy uh, going through difficulties. But sometimes the Spirit takes us to that place to build patience, to build endurance, to, to build our faith, uh, to, uh, to, to show us whether we're dependent on Him or whether we're depending on ourselves. Whether we're, whether we're working things out in our reasoning or we're really walking by faith and leaning on, in, leaning on the Lord. And, uh, of course, it goes through the whole process. And then uh, after it was all over with, verse 13, and when, Jesus, when the devil had ended the temptation, he departed from him for a season. So Jesus got a reprieve. Uh, for a while, the devil didn't mess with him no more. Thank God. Um, that's where we come to. Those are times that we find in our lives that are favorable. Times when we're not fighting. You know, there have been a lot of times in my life where I didn't have to fight with the devil. Praise God. Where I didn't feel like I was going through a battle. Amen. In fact, a lot of it. It says, uh, verse 14, And Jesus returned into the, in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And, uh, and this is important. Verse 16 says this, And he uh, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And so there are several, there are several scriptures in the word that talk about Jesus uh, being in his hometown. None of them recorded this part of it except for uh, Luke. Um, the, other, the other versions of Jesus uh, going to his hometown uh, say something along the lines of this. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and they were offended at him, and they got mad at him. And Jesus said, a prophet... Is, uh, is not without honor except in his hometown because they rejected him in Nazareth. It says he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue and on the Sabbath day, on the Sabbath day and he stood up for it to read. So let, let's make sure that we understand. Um, I've, I've marked these scriptures. I want to make sure that you guys get this and I don't just uh, pass over it quickly. Um, let's, look, uh, let's look at one of those verses where he had gone... Uh, Mark chapter 6, verse, verse 1 through 6, where he, let's look at another version of, of what happened here on this day. Mark chapter 6, verse 1 through 6. Now, when you read it in the book of Mark, it, you, don't really, you don't really understand what, what happened here. It says, and he went out from hence, and he came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. So it says that Jesus, Jesus, he taught in the synagogue. It doesn't say what he, he was teaching about. Only Luke says what he was teaching about. But it says here, this is the same day. This is, this is referring to the same day. It says, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? Are not, uh, are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Are y'all seeing this? Next verse. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is, with, is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Next verse. This is, what, this is what I want you to see. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. So the Bible says that Jesus couldn't do many mighty works in his hometown except for lay hands on a few folk that were sickly and heal them. 
does the next verse say? And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. So we see uh, a different uh, version in the book of Mark than what we're about to finish up here in the book of Luke. So here's what Jesus was teaching that, that caused them to become offended at him. It says, uh, and Jesus, what was the verse? Verse 15, 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up for it to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Oh, huh. see, that's what he was, that more, more than just teaching, Jesus was making a prophetic or an apostolic. He was making a an authoritative declaration. He was making an authority. There was a shift. There. Do you know when Jesus said this, something shifted in the realm of the Spirit? They went, they went, from, uh, they went from one dispensation to another. Now, you say, did it happen right at that moment? Well, that was the moment people became aware of it, the minute that Jesus released the word. You know, Jesus was baptized by John in the River Jordan, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and that's when the Lord anointed him was in that moment. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit when the Spirit came upon him. But it wasn't until the people became aware. When he began to declare by the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he hath anointed me. Let me tell you something. There comes a point in your life. Now, I hope y'all are... Can hear I hope y'all can hear this and understand it. There comes a point in your life where you can't just hope that people are going to see or recognize the anointing upon you because you felt it. At some point, you've got to begin to rise up and to declare who you are. You've got to begin to declare that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and He hath anointed me. And, and, and what purpose He has anointed you for. See, a lot of times people never function uh, over there in the flow of God's Spirit because they're never willing to publicly embrace uh, through uh, their public confession what it is that the... And how many of you know public confession is extremely important? Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Uh, he said to his disciples and he said to everyone he was preaching to, one time he said this. He said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father which is in heaven. If you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father which is in heaven. See, some of us just think that that refers to either accepting uh, a salvation publicly or denying salvation publicly. But you know what? That really goes for anything that God is doing in our lives. Do you know why some of us don't want to declare what the Spirit of the Lord has anointed us for? Because when we begin to, number one, when we publicly declare it, all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord begins to work in that way in our lives. Number two, it requires uh, us to become accountable for what we just, amen. And, and sometimes we don't want that accountability. We don't want people look, amen. There's a sense of responsibility that comes on us when we say, well, the, for example, the, the Lord called Ted to be an armor bearer in, oh, yeah. you know, in the ministry. Now, you know what? If Ted had never made that, that, that public confession, you say, how did Ted make that public confession? Well, first of all, and I think you all have heard the story, the way Ted started serving in the capacity that he was serving in under my ministry for a long time was I met him at church. He felt the, the tug in his heart to follow after my ministry. Listen, God will tug on your heart. Something. Many of you, the reason why you're here, Spirit of the Lord tugged on your heart, said, you need to follow after that ministry. Oh, yeah. You know what? The, the environment that exists in the church and in the world today would look at you and kind of look at you sideways and kind of scoff a little bit and think, you crazy. Why you? First thing people think is why are you following after a man. Well, what makes you think I'm following after a man when I said the Spirit of the Lord prompted me to follow after this ministry? Well, why would the Lord tell you to follow after a ministry? Well, you know why would the Lord tell us to do anything? Well, because it 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 has to do with our our purpose, our call, our destiny. You know, there's a certain environment that's going to provoke out of you the gifts that God put on the inside of you. Right. Amen. If you if you work if you work at a railroad yard and God called you to be a florist, that's not the the, the florist gift ain't going to be provoked out of you. 
If God called you a hairdresser and you're manicuring nails, uh, the hairdresser part of you isn't going to really be provoked as long as you're doing fingernails. You know what I'm saying? But get you in the right environment. Come on, somebody. Put you around the right people. Get you associating with the right ones. Get you, in, get you in association with people of like precious faith. People that have a similar a call, a similar... You know, you know, Twyla got up here, and she got up here. She started spitting out those words on tithing and offering. You know, that, that's something that the Lord put in her a long time ago. You know, God ain't going to hook her up with somebody that's like, you know, that whole tithing and offering thing, I, just, I can't get with that. But, you know, there are a lot of people that are sitting in churches today that have a, con- a contrary belief to the people that they're sitting under. Come on, somebody. You know, they hear their pastors get up and say stuff like that. Well, you know, we're not, we're not going to be like those name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. Well, guess what? I'm name it, claim it, blab it and grab See, that's, what, that's why y'all are here with us, because you name and claim and blab and grab and we don't and we don't do that we don't we don't do that out of foolishness or out of a presumption we do it out of faith we do it because the word of god says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart jesus said if you say unto this mountain be thou moved be thou cast thee and shall not doubt in your heart but will believe that the things that you say will come to pass you'll have whatever you say. See, so we do a lot of saying around here. We do a lot of confessing around here. We, you can call it blabbing and grabbing if you want to. But, but we, we got it. Amen. Thank you, Hilda. We got it. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. You know, some, some of you, some of you that are, that are uh, some of the women of this church that had difficulty in pregnancy, you know, people were trying to drop all kind of ideas of how, how you could change that. And there are natural ways to change it. But you know, most of, most of the people that are in this house that have seen success in childbearing that had difficulty didn't do it because they didn't do it by going and taking a, some kind of fertility. Now, I'm not against fertility, but if you got to go that direction, fertility medicine, and you got to go to a fertility doctor, and that's, that's kind of what's in your heart to do, then follow, follow your heart. But see, some people were like, glory to God. I, I was just talking, to, can I tell this, Ayla? I'm just, it's, a, it's just a little smidge of something to Ayla said to me. She said, uh, she said for a while, her confession was, I would talk to her and I'd say, so how's it going, Ayla? You know, you, um, a baby cometh, amen. And she's like, yep. She'd say, we're trying. We're trying. You know, she's praying and, and getting in the Word of God and praying. And there, you know what? I'd be like, well, keep trying. Glory to God. I didn't see nothing wrong with, you know, her saying, uh, trying. But then she came to me one day and she said, you know what, Pastor? She said, the Lord dealt with me and he told me something. I said, what did he say? She said, uh, she said I, I went to say I was, I'm, we're trying. And the Lord says, what do you mean you're trying? You're trying? He said, you ain't trying. You're doing you ain't trying, it's already done. You ain't trying? What do you, what do you, why you got to try something I already took care of? Why you got to try something I already made you a promise for? You ain't got to try it. All you got, just, I mean, God, God was like promoting Nike. He's like, just do it. Just do it. And so that, that changed her confession. See, that's, that's, where, that's where many people have found that, that breakthrough of the miraculous in their life is, is by making that public confession. Make, are y'all hearing me today? Amen. Amen. Be specific. That could be like... Be specific. I mean, I hear rolls, and some people are thinking grandies. <laughs> Amen. 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 Glory to God. See, now we, you, you go to some churches and they don't want you. Listen, they hear Ted say, Rolls cometh. People be like, mm. there he goes again. 
But you know, God said to, God said to at, at least two or three people in this church that we were praying for for children. The Lord says, the minute you want it, all you got to do is say now. Just say now. If you say, if you, if you say now, then glory to God, you can have, you have what you say. And you know what? People, <laughs> I know, I know some people was like, at the church, I think Shelby was like, now. I'm like, well, you know, when you get home. But, you know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. You're like, now, you know. Um, but a, a lot of the success of that has to do with association. If you got a preacher up front that's knocking tithing and offering giving, that doesn't believe in prosperity, and in your heart, you believe in prosperity. Now, you know, you know, the, you know what the devil's ploy has been? You know what the devil has done? Uh, to, uh, to sideline people and to make people ineffective is that they go to churches like that. They hear the preacher talk against things that they believe. And you know what they say? Well, the Lord put me here to change that. Listen, I've got news for you. You're not going to change anything there. Because you're not in a position of influence in order to change it. Because you're not in a position of influence in order to... You can't change anything you don't have. You can't change any environment you don't have any influence over. And when you're sidelined in a church and sitting there, now listen, I know some people are going to say, well, it sounds like he's trying to run people out of different churches. Yeah, amen. I'm trying to get some people to come in out of the, come in out of the rain to smell the coffee. Because some people, they're not, they're not realizing the, me the greater measure of God's anointing. In them. They don't realize that they put themselves in a place where the anointing is, has been stifled and has been kept from the fullness of the flow uh, that God intended for it to be in their life. Because they, they're sitting in churches and sitting under ministries that don't have it in their hearts and never will have it in their hearts to, to allow some of the expressions that some of us believe that God's called us to. I've got a friend that God, uh, the Spirit of the Lord, um, uh, came on him in a meeting, in a revival meeting that we had uh, over in, uh, the air, in the Ohio area. And I love him. I, if he's listening, I hope he uh, will hear this and hear it uh, out of the, the intent of my heart. And he knows I'm not just, you know, trying to pick on him. But, um, but he, uh, um, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost in one of our services. He's a good, I believe he was a uh, Lutheran. He's a good Lutheran before this happened. And <laughs> he came to that revival meeting and he saw people getting filled with the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of the Lord came on him. He was scared. But the Spirit of the Lord came on him and when the Spirit of the Lord came on him, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues and he began to run hard after God and hard after the, hard after the supernatural and hard after the demonstration of of the spirit and then he heard me teach on finance now i tried to i tried to talk to him about this he heard me teaching on the subject of finances and prosperity and um but he was a member of the mennonite church there and the mennonite church they didn't believe that way no matter how much i tried to teach him no matter how much i tried to instruct them they would always take what i said and put their spin on it and make it be like, well, you know, that's not really an in, that's not really an important, um, and God don't really care nothing about money, and He don't really want us having much of it. You know, we need to be humble, and they they equated humility with poverty. So this guy was doing everything he knew to do. He is tithing, he is offering giving, to the point where uh, his fam. Are y'all still with me? Oh, yeah. His family is tightening their belts just to facilitate. What this guy believes God wants them to do financially. And he doesn't understand why there hasn't been a release. Why, there, why he hasn't seen a, uh, a fulfillment of the promise of prove me now herewith. I don't know, Annie and I, we used to watch Naked and Afraid. We haven't watched it much uh, recently, but one of the things that we uh, always uh, enjoyed watching was them trying to start a fire. And they either brought the instruments to start a fire, you know, uh, one of those uh, flint fire starter kind of thing, or they had to, 
use a hand drill or whatever they call it to, you know, start a fire or the bow drill or whatever. And the people that always had decided to use a bow drill, they don't know the environment that they're going into. And so I remember watching a few times and people crying. Of course, they're there naked. I'm like, I feel bad for you. First of all, you're naked. Now you're crying. <laughs> and, they're, and they're cold. And they're <laughs> yeah. Gabe, Gabe asked me one time, he says, Dad, would you ever do that? I'm like, sure, I would. He's like, oh, God. I said, I, I don't, but I said, I'd only be naked because I don't, I don't, God hadn't given me a spirit of fear. Amen. <laughs> so I'd just be naked, naked and cold. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I, uh, we, we watch them, that not knowing the environment, those people that picked a, a bow, whatever, whatever you call it, uh, to, start a, uh, to start a fire when the environment was wet. How many of you know you, wood, wet wood don't burn good? In fact, it don't burn it up. You can't even get a, you can't even get a coal with wet wood. You can't even get a coal to start a fire. And so they would, they'd try to get a coal, and they'd be working for hours. Their hands be tore up with blisters, cry, they're crying big old tears. And the environment just wouldn't support that, that fire. Do you know some, the reason why some people didn't, did, why this guy didn't increase was that the environment wouldn't catch fire. That, 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 that environment that he was in wouldn't sustain that anointing. Are y'all hearing me today? See, that's why, number, that's why it's important that we, that we uh, understand the principle of environment and that we create an environment that will sustain what God wants to do. But once we've, once we've, once we've been, we become a part of that environment, our expectations need to go up because the anointing, if he had sat, you know what, if he had sat in this church, I guarantee, I guarantee if he had sat at Winter's Church, he would have seen the fulfillment of those promises come to pass. It may have taken a little while. Now, see, some people are like, well, Pastor, I've been here for a minute, and I ain't seen nothing change in my finance. You got to hang out for, you got to, you got to allow yourself to be changed by the anointing and by the Spirit and by the word of God and, and for that environment to change in your life. When you, when you get around people of like precious faith and you allow that to change the environment of your life. But when the leadership, when people that have influence and have authority, when, when people that have control, control the environment, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter what you believe. If you put yourself in that environment, it will squash the anointing. See, that's what happened with Jesus. Jesus was the most anointed individual that ever walked planet Earth. Boy, I'm preaching. He was the most anointed. In fact, the Bible said he had the spirit without measure. There was no limit to the spirit that was in his life. And we see throughout the word of God in different places in scripture how there was such great success that came about as a result of the anointing that was on Jesus' life. He, 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 he made, a, number one, he made it publicly known. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Listen, you, you need to be bold about this. You need to begin to declare that God has anointed you. And not be afraid of the consequences. Not be afraid of the loss of fellowship. Not be afraid of how people are going to perceive you. Amen. God has, a, God has anointed me. I started a story with Ted. I ended up going away from it. But I think y'all know the story about Ted. I met Ted. You know what? Ted was a mess. Ted was a mess. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all wouldn't have hung out with Ted the way Ted was. Y'all have trouble now, but <laughs> Ted was a mess. Now he's a messenger. No, no, anyway, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have that video queued up, don't we? But Ted was a Ted was a mess, and he. But the Lord drew him. To, the Lord drew him to the place that the environment that he needed, the association that he needed, to to straighten things out. Now, now here's the thing: when God takes and He starts associating him, some people they don't have it in them to have an association with others. That's a an association of submission. 
<laughs> Some people, they can't. In fact, there have been people that have come through Winner's Church, and that's how they came. They came through. That the reason why they came through isn't because God didn't want them here. It's not because this wasn't God's plan. But the association that they wanted to have with us, they wanted to have with me on an equal level. You know, there's a reason why we don't have co-pastors at this church. Because there's no such thing as co-pastor. There's a pastor and then there are associates. People that help that pastor out. Well, I'm preaching, and I and I'm not being I'm not being crazy. Y'all know I'm. I, I could show you a video today that would make you thankful that your pastor is your pastor. That I am the way that I am. Uh, we we just recently saw one that we. Oh Jesus. Anyhow, yeah. <laughs> but and and I'm not high. Y'all know I'm not high minded. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't come around y'all and be like. Uh, if, if one of y'all says, hey, Ziggy, I'm not like, Pastor Ziggy. Although I, although I do think that when we use that title, when we say to someone, Pastor so it does something. In, you, you, in your subconscious, you may not even understand that, but it does something in you. You know, you know what it does? It says, it, in fact, I was talking, uh, Eric, uh, Eric uh, was on the phone with Eric, and um, we had, uh, we had, uh, ordered something together online, and um, I sent them out in the mail. And of course, Eric is—we we have a lot of similarities in that when we're when we're going through the process of doing something, we if if like if I'm having Ted do something, if we're doing something together, I'm so driven to get it done that I will double check to make sure Ted gets it done because Ted may not get it done like I get it done. So I sent this out, and I I called him after I sent these things out. Because I wanted to make sure that it was in the process, and that we had a tr we had a trip planned Friday to go ride side by sides, and without this component, they don't even run. We sent out the brain of the of the engine, and it wouldn't even run if it. And so we sent them out on Monday, and we're supposed to go out on Friday. So I sent them out Monday afternoon. Well, when I sent them out Monday afternoon, I called up the place. I said, "Hey, I'm sending these to you right now," um, and you know, I I confirmed and. And uh, confirmed with the girl when we would get them back. She said, you'll have them back Thursday. If we get them tomorrow, we'll send them out tomorrow. You'll get them on Thursday. I was like, okay, thank you. I hung up and I, I, uh, I texted Eric. I said, I got them sent out. And, and I you know, texted him a picture of the, of the receipt. And he sent me a, back a message, a laughing emoji. He said, I'm talking to her right now. She said she just got off the phone with you. And, and so I was laughing. I was like, yeah, man, we're on it. We're, we're going to get this done. These people are going to know we're serious. So we, we get it done. But here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to get to, is that, um, is that Eric sends me an audio message. He says, yeah. He said, uh, the lady said, hey, yeah, I was just on the phone with your friend, Ziggy. And he said, I told her, he's, he's not my friend. He's my pastor. And so when you talk to him, it's Pastor Ziggy. <laughs> I thought that was great. I thought that was great. But, but here's the thing. There's something that happens. You, you don't know about it. it don't, it's something that happens in the, in the fiber of your DNA, your spiritual DNA. It's something that you do. What you're, what you're doing is, is you're saying, I'm in association with you, but I understand our association. I understand that there's something that's coming off of you and onto me. There's something that I am submitting to that God put in you that is necessary and, and vital for my growth. And it don't have nothing to do with Now, listen, there are some pastors that are, it's, it's an ego thing. Again, I, I could show you a video. It is an ego. They got, they, they're demanding it. But it don't do nothing for my, listen, it does not, good God, I'm on, I need to hurry. It does not do, it does not inflate my ego when you come up and you say, hey, Pastor Zig. Doesn't do nothing for me. If you say, hey, Ziggy, don't do, that doesn't do nothing to me. Everybody call me Ziggy. 
One way or the other. Don't make no decision. But here's the thing. It does something in you. We were, we were uh, at the funeral yesterday. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, these are people I partied with. These are people I got high with. These are people I got drunk with. I'm not going to say anymore. These are people... These are people that knew me in the in the in the in the lowest part of, of, of in you get you get what I'm saying. And many of them, this is the first time they've seen me since that time. So they knew me as devil worshiping, drug addicted, alcohol drinking, you know, uh, heavy metal, head banging, going to concerts. This zig, that was the and get this, they at the funeral, the attire was kiss t-shirts and jeans. That's what she wanted. So here I am in a kiss t-shirt, blue jeans, preaching. Now I got up there, and here's the thing. My, when, the, when I get around those folks that I went to school with, you know what they do? If they, I, I walked up on them one time. They all got beer. They, they're throwing their beers. They're putting out cigarettes. Hey! You know what, in, the, in my head, in the natural, you know what I want to do? I want to be like, man, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. It's all right. I know you're drinking. I know you're smoking. But at the same time, if I do that, what do I do to the anointing? What do I do to the influence that God wants to have through me in their lives? Do they need for me to be friend Ziggy or do they need for me to be Pastor Ziggy? Michelle, Michelle, you know, of course she's gone to be with Jesus. Listen, Michelle, I don't know why. She really, she really liked me. She loved me. But I wasn't her friend. She wasn't like, this is my friend. We weren't friends. She made it clear to me we weren't friends. She didn't want my friends. Now, she wasn't ugly about it. She didn't want me as a friend. She needed me to have a boundary that said, I am your pastor. I am not your friend. And so when I, when I, you know, I would love to be friends with everybody. But some of you can't handle me as a friend. Some of you, 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 you've got to, you have to put me in that category. I am your pastor. I, there's an anointing on your life. This is the category that you say. Now, some of you might feel bad and like, well, I need to be, I need to try to be more friendly with pastor. No, maybe you need to keep it just that way. That when you see me, there's a little bit of something in you, 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 you pee a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You think about what you'd be like, oh, oh. Maybe that's the way it needs to be. Because that maybe that's the nature of the relationship of the... Maybe that's the nature of the association. For me to, for me to be anointed, that might be the association that we have to have. That might be the way that it has to be. You might have to look up to me like I am, like I'm, you know, some people they get upset because they're like, well, they, they think too highly of their pastor. Some people, that's the way they need to see it. Listen, some people, when they go to a Benny Hinn crusade, they need to see Benny Hinn as being next in line. I mean, God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, Benny Hinn. They need to see it that way if they're going to get their miracle. And here we are trying to bring everybody down to the same level. Listen, it's not that everybody's not on the same level. We need to relate to people and associate with people in the way that we, we're being, um, where we're being good stewards with what God entrusted us with when it comes to the anointing. You know what, Ted? Ted knew when he began associating with me that we weren't going to have an equal partnership. That I was going to lead and he was going to follow. That I, was gonna, that I was going to be up front and he was going to play a supporting role. And I watched him go through the process of what that looked like. Because Ted wasn't that way. You know, y'all don't know this, but Ted, Ted is a, uh, in the natural, you leave Ted to himself and he's a miser. He's tight with money. Boy, listen, he, he, squeezed, a dollar so, he squeezed a dollar so tight it made four quarters. 
When I first met Ted, he wouldn't turn nothing loose. And Debbie, and Debbie was like, man, you know, he, he's, he's a skin flint. You know, it, it was true. And Ted, he was going to do things his way. He had a way that he was going to do it. But the way that the association was going to work, if he was going to come into the anointing that God had for him, he was going to have to yield some things over to the Holy Ghost. And thank God he did. Amen. His life transformed. God began to anoint him and began to use him in a way where he didn't even have to get up and preach. He's had to show up and be submitted to the Lord and submitted to the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm, I haven't even, unfortunately, I haven't even started yet. I'm just giving you all the introduction to what we're going to talk about associations. I'm serious. I haven't even got to my scriptures. I just wanted to make sure that we understood that in these associations, there, there's, a, there's a, a boldness that we have to have to take our place. Oh, yeah. You know, there, there was someone came to Ted one time that was traveling with me, traveling with me and doing something. He was supposed to be doing something similar to what Ted was. In fact, it was Russ. Supposed to be doing something similar to what Ted was. And Ted said, Ted said one day, Russ came to him and said, how long have you been doing this, Ted? How long were you doing it at that time? He said, Ted said, 11 years. You know what his response was to Ted? Well, I hope that I'm not in the same place you are after 11 years. You know what? That's someone who doesn't recognize the ministry that God had called him to. And Ted said, Ted said, well, I hope I am. I hope I'm still right here. I don't know where you're going to be, but I hope I'm still right here in 11 years from now. And guess what? It's been more than 11 years now, and Ted's still right here doing the work that God called him to do, still being used by the Lord, still being effective in the anointing that God called him to. Maybe maybe not as much because he's kind of got to get into retirement mentality, but we're bringing him out. Amen. <laughs> Instead of him being retired, we're getting refired. Hallelujah. After the funeral uh, yesterday, my fr my friends, you know, I I got up, I spoke, I I told stories, um, I I they told stories on me. Uh, I'd forgotten that I got sprees banned from the student store um, because of the way I uh, they I would I was a Kiss fan and and uh, I would collect red sprees uh, during uh, lunch on seventh seventh grade and and. Uh, uh, the climax of lunch was just like a kiss concert. I'd jump up on a bench and throw a bunch of red sprees in my mouth until they got nice and juicy and, and the red stuff was all in there. And then I'd just go, <laughs> like, Jesus. And it was like I was spitting blood. Well, after a semester of that, they banned sprees from the student store. And uh, everybody was angry with me, you know. Uh, hamburgers were thrown. And, but, you know, I made up for it. I, I was a nice guy. So anyhow... So this is the stories they're telling about me. So I, so I get up and I said, you know, uh, I didn't know how things were going to go today. And I, I went and looked for some sprees just in case things got bad. I could always, you know, pop a spree. And, you know, I said, but, you know, I, I think uh, they heard of me and uh, they quit selling them. So, um, but I preached and I, well, I, I told stories. I preached. I, I gave them the word, you know, that I felt like the Lord put on my heart to give them. And then afterwards, we're supposed to go and and hang out with my friends. Now, I really wanted to. You know, they're my friends. They, you know, we, we shared a good portion of our lives together. But I make them uncomfortable. So Annie had something that she had to do. She really did. But she was willing to go and do it there. And I was like, well, you know, she'd have to sit in the car. So they said, do you, you want to come? But something, you know what? Something in my spirit said, don't go. Go ahead, man. And Annie was like, no, you should go. I said, no, I'm not going to go. She's like, well, don't do this on my I said, well, you know, it started out for you, but it's not really for you. You know why I couldn't go? Because the Lord said, they, they've got to see you the way they see you. Oh, yeah. The reason why you're at this funeral is because they see you the way they see you. That's right. You're not, you're not that guy no more. That's right. You've been turned into another man. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we don't realize that we dull the anointing and make the anointing of no effect because we want to be in charge of the association. You know what? Some people, God, some people, God's not going, they, they might be your former friends and you might be like, well, you know, hey, let's go, let's go hang out. Let's go. 
You might not be able to hang out like you used to hang out. You might have to sit there with them and be the anointed people of God. Well, I want to make them comfortable. Maybe God don't want you to make them comfortable. Maybe you're that, maybe you're the, the fly in the ointment, the pebbles in the boots, the burrs in the saddle. You're the one that God is using to, to, uh, to break them free from where they're at and deliver them into the place that God's called them to. You know, sometimes we are the greatest enemies of the anointing that God's placed on our lives. Because we want to dictate by our own thinking how we're going to associate with people. You know what? There's some people we shouldn't associate with. Even though, we're, even though we love them, even though they're friendly and, and, and we... Sometimes, sometimes wrong associations. Wrong associations. <laughs> ah, you'll, hey, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. Draco, you'll figure it out. It's all right, the anointing. <laughs> I love it. I'm sorry. Okay. I love that. I love it. I love watching kids that have to come here. Uh, Titus, it used to be Titus. <laughs> what, what was funny about Titus when he come in is Cherie be like, Titus, leave a little wet spot right there in the seat. <laughs> Listen, Titus, he fears his mother. I'll be honest with you. Boy, is she look at him with that look, that Ken Copeland look. <laughs> None of your business. That Ken Copeland look. None of your business. Yeah, I did not say that. <laughs> Titus, get that. Look at him. <laughs> Little tear. <laughs> anyway, so we want to be careful. I'll, I'll finish this up next week. I've already gone long. But you can see, you can see uh, one aspect of what I'm talking about is that we, we, we've, got to, we've got to make sure that where we're associating, that we are, that we are getting... Uh, maximum that we are exploiting to the fullest the environment that God has placed us in. Oh, yeah. Can I give you one last scripture? Second oh, yeah. Kings, and we'll go there, and I, pr I promise this will be it. Second Kings. Did this help anybody here? Just the yeah. the introduction, at least. Say. I know y'all think I'm lying, but I only read you, what, two scriptures? I quoted several, though. Second uh, Kings chapter 2 says this, And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah and Elisha went from Gilgal, and Elijah said unto Elijah, or Elisha, so Elijah says to Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, and, and some of y'all know this because we studied it on Wednesday night, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said as the, uh, unto him, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Did you see that? So leave that there, Joe. It says, uh, and Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here. That word tarry uh, means to wait. Means to wait. When you look up that word in the, in the Hebrew, that word for tarry is the word yoshev. The word yoshev doesn't mean just to wait here. You know what it means? It means to take in the environment, to glean everything you can from that moment, to glean everything you can. So when we think that Elijah, why in the world would Elijah be trying to ditch Elisha when he knows this is his spiritual son and that this son is going to carry the inheritance of the anointing that's on his life and he's going to get, get it double portioned? So Elijah is not, this is someone who has washed his hands, who has served faithfully under his bed. He wasn't trying to ditch him. But what he was trying to do is he was trying to get him to glean everything that he could. Take in this moment. I'm about to go. You got to take it all in right now. Take as much as you got. You don't, don't waste the moment. Don't waste the moment. 
There will come a time. See, the body of Christ does not exist. I told this at Revival. I'm, I'm not sure how much I told this here, but I told this at Revival. The body of Christ doesn't understand. In this nation, the Lord is about to turn his attention away from us. God is about to turn his attention away from his church. You say, what do you mean? God is about to turn, in America, God is about to turn his attention away from us, and he's about to turn his attention to those that are going to, that are going to come in in the harvest. And his attention has been toward us to help us, to build us up, to strengthen us, to get us to understand who we are. He's been pouring into us for this hour, for this time, for the harvest. When he turns his attention toward the world and toward the harvest, and his eyes are no longer toward us, and his, and, his, uh, um, and his priorities are no longer to pump up your tires, some of you are going to be in a world of trouble. Because you're going to feel like, oh, what about me, Lord? And I believe God's trying to get this to us. We need to, Yoshev, we need to, we need to take advantage of the moments uh, that we have here right now. We need to take advantage of this and take in every bit of it. And Elisha, he understood. He said, as the Lord lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. He had his eyes in the right place. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that he was saying, uh, when you look at this and you look at the Bibles that have italicized words, it says something to this effect, that, he, that Elisha said to, to him, uh, the Lord liveth, thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Those other words are left out. The Lord liveth, thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. You know what Elisha was really saying to Elijah? He was saying this. He says, God's life is in you, is in, is in you, and as long as God's life is in you, I'm not leaving you. I will not let you go. I will not let you down. I will not let you out. That's what, that's what that word, when you look up the, the Hebrew word for leave, it means that. I will not let you go. I will not let you down. I will not let you out. In other words, I'm not going anywhere. You're not, you're not, you're not about to get rid of me. I will not let you go. I will, I will cleave to you. I will stay with you because that's what the Lord told me. I will not let you down. I will uphold your honor. I will not just serve you uh, uh, out of compliance. I will serve you out of submission. Submission to the gift of God that is in. I will not just be compliant. That is not honoring you. I will honor you with submission as I'm submitting unto the Lord. I will look to you as the man of God. You are the man of God. I will follow you the way the Lord intended for me. I will not let you down. Third, I will not let you out. You're not about to get away from me without me getting what God intended for me to get from you. I am not letting you out of your obligation. God sent me here because you have something that's mine, and I'm not leaving till I get it. Amen. Come on, somebody. Boy, I said a lot just right there. Amen. Amen. So the anointing is affected big time through us. When we understand, when we understand our, our associations and how they affect the anointing on our lives, we'll either be more confident and have more faith in the anointing that God has put in us and put upon us and we'll walk in it, or it will weaken our faith and weaken the anointing that works in our lives. You know, the, mo the people that have benefited the most from being at Winner's Church are those that have believed the hardest, who have committed the deepest. Amen. Those, those, those who were like, I'm in. And you know what some people said? Ah, oh, you bunch of zigonites. And you, here's the deal. When you don't care about that, when you're like, well, I don't care. You can call me whatever you want to call me. Heck, when, when, Ted, when Ted was uh, 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 early on in the ministry, he was following after the ministry. Man, his mother called. She called me Jim Jones. She called me everything. His family, man. His family. Debbie's family. They, they, they were attacked by their own family. People that were friends were like, why are you following after that guy for? Like, no, we're following the Lord. And then Ted had to go and get a perm. 
you know, I have curly hair, and Ted had this straight hair. Ted went and got a perm, and they're like, oh, now he's a zygonite. Now he's now he trying to look like him. I was like, Ted, what'd you do that for? He says, I want some curly hair. I'm like, bro, no, bro, you don't understand. You don't understand. At times, it may get out of whack. You know, at times, I've had I've had people I've had people come after me and and come after my ministry and then try to talk like me, try to try to try to walk around like I walk around, try to use the same terms that I use, try to preach the same way. I know a guy right now. He he thinks he's unique, but he just I hear him and and he was around me well 20 years ago, and he, he get up and preach sound like me 20 years ago. He's just going through the same thing he saw 20 years ago. The thing is, you can, you can carry an anointing, and you might even get caught up. Look at Benny Hinn and look at Catherine Coleman's ministry. There are a lot of similarities. There's a lot of the ways, even his mannerisms. You know what? He ain't, think, he ain't thinking about nobody saying, well, you're just trying to copy Catherine Coleman. No, I'm getting 30,000 people healed in a night. Right. You can say whatever you want to say. I'm going after the anointing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, stand up, everybody, everywhere. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I, I usually like to preach on Sunday, but I haven't been in that mode lately. We've been teaching, but I think we need it. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. This week is a fun week for uh, Koinonia, isn't it? We're going to have a great time this week at Koinonia. I want to encourage you to, if you're not plugged into a Koinonia group, get plugged in. Uh, because it, it enables you to really get to know some of the people that are uh, that you're here with on Sunday. And also, don't forget, Friday, uh, outreach. Healing room tomorrow. Why do I always forget healing room? Healing room tomorrow. And then Donna Shambach. Donna Shambach, bro. You better be in that line for Donna. Well, see, he act like I hit him or something. Donna Shambach, yeah. <laughs> you see what he just did? Because one time, <laughs> he's standing in line at a barbecue restaurant. <laughs> and I went to mess with him and, and kind of skimmed the back of his head. I was like, Titus, you're good. And he stepped back like this just as my hand was coming. <laughs> Boys, the smack heard all around town. <laughs> Eric was there. He still make fun of him. Eric said Titus was like, <laughs> Titus was limping and I hit him in the back of the head. <laughs> he was looking for sorry. I said, Well, you probably needed that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say that. I didn't say, I didn't say that, did I, Titus? I said, Yeah, I didn't. Praise the Lord. Tree has asked me to do it a couple more times since then, but I, I was like, no. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're saying to us. Lord, it's our desire to get over in the fullness of the flow of your spirit, to walk in and to, uh, to, to see a, a greater measure of your anointing released in and through us. And so, Father, we... Uh, <laughs> Yero borroso cocha daravan calaliere betea. Elebruza banje de bange de mosa tanamofrenda. Ala jo robo sekeche benge letuna maande de betea. Lord, I pray that este freda, ha, shere borrosobone, dulbara dorobo sekeche de dea that we'll marinate on this word, that we'll be able to hang out, marinate on it until uh, a couple of weeks from now. And I know, Lord, that you sending uh, Donna Shambach here is a, that's a definitely a uh, uh, divine appointment and a divine connection. And so, Lord, I pray that tu brusa, that over this amangalejea, over this next week, that our hearts will be full, that we will be in faith, that our confession will be like the confession that Jesus made. 
of the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. And Lord, may we walk in a greater measure of that anointing that is upon us, that empowering anointing as Benny Hinn calls it in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it, Lord. Amen. 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 Listen, we love you guys. We appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. Um, I know these services have been a little um, um, different because uh, really we've been just being led by the Spirit, and we're going to keep on. Uh, at, some, at some point, what happens is we hit a gusher, and once, once you hit that gusher, uh, we got to be careful for the chandeliers and the strength of them. So, uh, but I love you, and I appreciate you, and I thank God for you. Take time. Take time to, uh, you know what the Lord was telling me today for Michael and Twyla? I don't know that they've done this. But as Twyla was standing up here talking, this is the only word I'm going to give today. While Twyla was standing up here talking, he, he told me this. He said, son, they don't realize what I've done through them. They don't really realize what I've done. And I was like, what do you mean, Lord? He said, they don't even look around and see. He, sa he said, there's, there's so much more that I've put in their hearts to do, and they're so focused on it that he said he doesn't think that y'all have taken the time to see this place and the fact that this is a big thing. This is not a small thing, us being here. And the Lord didn't use us per se. You know, he used us and people giving tithing off. But you know what? No one will ever know the investment that y'all made here. Y'all don't know it. Y'all don't know the investment that Michael and Twyla made, not just financially, but the room that they had to make in their lives. But, you know, they see and they're like, man, you know, I really would like to do more. And the Lord says, you don't understand how much you've allowed him to use you to do. And you're going to begin to see it, though. And, and the harvest, the harvest is at hand. Amen. In fact, I, hear the, I heard the Lord say the harvest of what you did just in this building, that harvest is at the door. Amen. The Lord said, because you took care of his house, he says, he's going to take care of your house. Amen. The Lord says, not just, he said... He said, when I say that, he, the Lord says, you're, you're thinking, you're going to think of where you're at on that street you live on. The Lord says, no, I'm, the Lord says, I'm talking about wherever it is I put you to stay. Because the Lord says, the Lord says, you've always seen it in your spirit like you'll have houses. And not like two, but like multiple, four, six. Hey, God says, God says this. He says, there's no limits to what I can do. And he says, and every, he said, because you took care of my house, the Lord says, every house, God says, it comes into your possession. He says, I will cause it to be blessed beyond. He, he, he now I'm seeing something by the spirit about you. The Lord says you, he said, you've looked at your dad and you've thought he's, he's lived a blessed life. And it seemed like everything he touches is blessed. But the Lord says, I'm going to give you a double portion and a double measure. Of favor and anointing. He says that things in the natural, they haven't, they haven't looked right. But the Lord says, he says, you squinted and, and both of y'all were squinting to try to make out what you thought you were seeing in the spirit. And the Lord says, what you're seeing in the spirit is more right than what you've seen in the natural. But I, but I hear God saying there's going to there's gonna come a time, and he says, and if you knew how close it was, the Lord says, you wouldn't even wait to rejoice. God says, God says you just kick back and rejoice now. Oh, ele bruesta, shede boro sabane, ele sekile gejede para sabara. Because, because God says, I've called you to occupy land, to occupy territories, and to take possession. The Lord says, and emosa to subdue it for my glory. And He says, and I, He says, everything you've come through, He says, you've come through. In order that all glory and all honor might go to me. And in Moses. He says, that's why you had, he says, that's why you hadn't seen it clear. But God says, I'm going to let you see it. He says, you're going to look at it. He says, you're not going to feel any different. You're going to be like, for the glory of God. That's all for the glory of God. And he says, and that's the way it'll be. He said, he said, much of what I've worked out of you, I've worked out of you that I might get the glory. He said, that, that, he said, that's what he done. He says, because that's what you asked for. You said, Lord, we want all glory to go to you. He said, so he says, I'm working it out and ensuring. He says, you won't be like those that in the end they say, 
you're welcome, like they did him. He says, and then those people end up in the ditch. And in the end of their life, they're in the ditch, and they're like, we don't know what happened. But the Lord says, he says, he says, once, he says, once your race is uh, run, he says, and you've crossed the finish line, you've gotten to the other side, the Lord says the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. And God says, more honor and glory will be brought to my name, the Lord says, even in your, even in your crossing into the life to come. More honor and glory will be brought to your name in that hour. For the Lord says, people will see that it was truly to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So I lose that to y'all in the name of Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all later this week. Y'all go in his presence. Be blessed. Love someone before you leave because you do. And uh, I'll see y'all later on. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll continue to move forward. Praise God. <laughs>